Hi, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm Michael Potts, Managing Digital Editor at the Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Currently, there's a lack of consensus on the precise definition of vertebral fracture. It can therefore be difficult to distinguish between these fractures and similar non-fracture injuries. Here with us today to speak about his research on the topic is Dr. Brian Lentil, who is an emeritus professor of radiology at the University of British Columbia. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Lentil. Let's dive into your study. What prompted you to compare methods for identifying osteoporotic vertebral fractures, and how did you decide on the two methods that you included, and were any others considered? The, the reason I became involved in this was that I was asked to uh, help with a Canadian research program called CAMOS, uh, which was a multi-center uh, study across a number of university centers right across Canada. And when I looked into the issue, it was not my primary interest through the majority of my career. There was clearly a knowledge uh, deficit in, in terms of the optimum way to interpret spinal radiographs. And um, th we looked at the two methods. They, they really embrace the, the potential methods that, the, that have been used. Um, it, it, ironically enough, we had already reported before the, the paper that, you, that prompted your interest, we'd already reported on our data. And at the time we did so, uh, within a, a matter of months, uh, a group in Hong Kong and a group in Rotterdam had, had been working on an almost identical problem and uh, came up with virtually identical results. But th there would be nuances in how you interpret the radiographs uh, using either rigorous or less rigorous criteria. And there, there are subtle differences between the, the work that these three groups did. But basically, we all came to the same conclusion. Sounds like this is currently a topic with a lot of interest behind it. Now, overall, you found that incident grade one and two morphologic fractures were eight times more common than morphometric deformities alone. Was this result surprising to you? Well, it wasn't surprising because the, uh, the, all three of the original reports that I'd alluded to showed quite clearly that morphological damage to vertebrae was, uh, was significantly better correlated with clinical outcomes in terms of uh, future fracturing, uh, in, in terms of spinal and non-spinal fractures, and also in, in terms of correlation with uh, bone density, to say nothing of uh, having a, a better reproducibility among observers. So the results weren't surprising, uh, but while our original study uh, looked at comparing the, the two methods, this particular study was looking at a longitudinal outcome of what uh, the, the fractures implied uh, in, in the particular way that we, we did it. So, uh, so while it wasn't surprising, uh, it, uh, it cast, I think, further light on uh, the distinction to be made between how you look at spine radiographs. How do you think that your findings could impact standard clinical practice? Well, I think a lot of us... Uh, based on our experience. I mean, to be specific, um, in, in looking at spine radiographs, I, I become aware of the fact that so-called fractures, if you followed them, 
and, and, and saw the patient again five and, and more years later, these so-called fractures were not uh, getting any worse. Uh, they were essentially static. And, um, and so you developed a sort of intuitive sense that maybe uh, some of the uh, lesions, and, and I'm particularly referring to the morphometric ones, the ones that were uh, recognizing uh, uh, wedge-shaped vertebrae, um, were possibly overdiagnosing uh, osteoporotic fractures. And there was some work in the literature, and particularly from the University of Sheffield in the United Kingdom, that suggested there were differences between, let's say, the, the distribution of vertebrae in the spine, uh, comparing both methods. And, and obviously, there was a problem to address. And having been involved in, uh, having become involved in uh, looking at the radiographs from the Canadian study, I, I just saw it as a way of solving some of those issues and perhaps uh, clarifying for my colleagues how best to interpret spinal radiographs. And so I, I basically convened some other radiologists and radiology residents to uh, work with me and, and look at these radiographs and compare the two uh, methods. And uh, the, the results are the ones that uh, I've already alluded to or that you've seen in this particular paper. We do hope that um, because of this really quite universal suspicion that there is overdiagnosis, we do hope that uh, uh, we, we can uh, achieve a, a state where uh, diagnosis is more precise because um, while, you, while you don't want to overdiagnose osteoporosis, if, if you have the disease, there are effective treatments. And it, it's uh, obviously the ideal is to uh, identify those patients who benefit most from, from treatment. Right. And it sounds like your results definitely uh, address that directly. Yes, I think there's some fine tuning. Uh, th there were very subtle differences between the, the way in which the three groups approached radiographs. And while we would agree upon most, because our results were almost identical in terms of prevalences uh, across the populations, uh, then we, there would probably be the occasional film where we might, uh, I say film, that's old fashioned radiology, the, the, the occasional image where we might disagree. So th th there is probably still some work to do, uh, but it represents a, a very small cadre of images that would need to be uh, further, the diagnosis would need to be further refined. And with all the work that you've talked about, yours and the two other studies that are working to develop the distinction here between these two types of conditions, what do you think is necessary for future studies to look more deeply into in order to move further in this particular area? I, I'm not sure the issues are to look more deeply at the, um, at the interpretation of the images, um, although there's a, there is a small amount of work to do there. I think one of the things I would like to see is uh, the development of a, of a common terminology because the, the, the terminology we've been forced to use, morphometric and morphologic, uh, is, is a bit arcane and it would be better 
if there were a, a, a simpler approach uh, that, uh, that, that, that could be advocated, uh, that w perhaps would represent uh, uh, making all of this uh, a much more uh, uh, easily uh, adopted uh, methodology among the generality of uh, radiologists. That's really interesting. I, I didn't realize that the terms could potentially be considered to be outdated. I think not so much outdated as arcane and mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and easily confused. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, basically, it, it could come down to simply saying fractures and non-fractural deformities. That that might be uh, uh, easier to get across mm -hmm. than to to use. Uh, I mean, the, the University of Sheffield, uh, they're, they're system that they used, which we adopted, was uh, an algorithm-based qualitative method of diagnosis. Now that's, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's not going to be user-friendly. Uh, and, and I think uh, the, the more user-friendly you make uh, something, the more likely it is to be adopted. I, I might just say that some Japanese workers have gone further and uh, and uh, looked at the 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 detail of the shapes of fractured vertebrae and tried to uh, uh, deduce some prognostic significance from this. Uh, th there is w still work to do. If anybody out there uh, is uh, is is interested, I, I wouldn't claim uh, we've written the last word in uh, in this respect. But uh, I, I think what we've have done. Uh, is achieve an important Canadian contribution to a, a, a greater problem. It definitely sounds like that is the case. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Dr. Lentil. My pleasure.